Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. New staggering statistics illustrating the reach and toll of America's opioid epidemic seem to be released almost daily. We've learned that in 2012, healthcare providers wrote enough opioid prescriptions for every American adult to have their own bottle of pills. We've learned that in 2015, roughly one in three Medicare beneficiaries were prescribed at least one opioid. And we've learned that approximately 60% of adults prescribed opioids have leftover pills and that one in five of them reported sharing their medication with someone else. What many of those few examples have in common is that they focus the spotlight on the pain management of adults. But adults aren't the only ones who experience pain. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, physical therapist Mary Swigum discusses pediatric pain management, including when opioids might be appropriate and when alternatives like physical therapy are preferred. Here's our conversation with Mary Swigum. Mary, right now, the opioid epidemic, it's front and center in the media. Awareness is growing, and that's a very good thing. But for the most part, I think people are thinking about the opioid epidemic in terms of its effect on adults. So what about kids? Um, what's the effect of opioids for that child population? The effects on children are very similar to the effects on adults. Uh, but I will tell you that it's a little uh, less, of course, less research than it is on adults. But certainly, the complications in terms of nausea and vomiting, itching, uh, respiratory distress, um, as well as potential addiction exist. So what are the scenarios in which a child might be prescribed with opioids? Children who are having surgery may be prescribed opioids, as well as those with cancer, burns, sickle cell anemia, trauma. Uh, But we also see that some of our children who are in chronic pain whether due to a complex regional pain syndrome, fibromyalgia, headache, or recurrent abdominal pain, may receive opioids. And so the CDC released guidelines earlier this year that basically said that, look, for some conditions, it's absolutely appropriate for opioids to be prescribed, especially in low doses, appropriate doses, and especially short-term. They recommended that things like physical therapy be prescribed as well, not just the opioids. But they said once pain lasts to get to that chronic point, that at that point, opioids should really be phased out. Does that apply for children as much as for adults? Oh, certainly. And so, you know, if you're a parent and you just don't want your child to hurt anymore, there's a comfort there, I think, in, you know, in saying, look, take this, it's going to make you feel better. So how should parents manage a situation where their child is being prescribed opioids, but maybe, you know, they're reaching that point of chronic pain and, and they need to have other alternatives? What's your advice there? I always think of prevention when it comes to this, and there are, even though there are instances when opioids are appropriate to recommend, a multimodal approach to pain management would be ideal, so that combined with the uh, pharmaceutical approach, the patient, the child, and the parent are learning ways to cope with the pain on top of it. So it's not a sudden, okay, we're going to take away your, your pain medication now. There's already been in place some things to help deal with the pain. 
And you mentioned education there, and how powerful is education just in terms of, of pain management for an individual? Oh, it's extremely powerful, and when you're talking about children, it's powerful not just for the child, but also for the parent. You know, children do have pain. It's normal for a child to experience, you know, bumps and bruises and, and such. And as they go through life, they learn different ways of being able to cope with the pain, whether it be counting or breathing or, you know, just that self-efficacy of I can deal with this. That's one part of it. The other part about pain education, sometimes people, when they're experiencing pain, they think that that pain is making their condition worse. And so they become fearful of moving and fearful of doing things, and the cycle gets repeated. And so on that note, give me a sense of if if I'm a parent and my child is, let's say, they have knee pain, for example, and, and they're hesitant to use their knee, how do I gauge the level of pain my child is in, gauge the level of injury? What's, what's a safe way to do that? Well, you know, I think that's where physical therapy may come in because certainly pain does serve a function of alerting us that there might be some tissue damage that is there. So, of course, you'd want to get it, you know, checked out and make sure there's um, that whatever is going on is not going to be hurt by re- by continuing the activity level. Every child is different. Every injury is is different. So I realize this is a difficult question to sort of uh, answer in a, for, for all cases. But physical therapist treatment of kids in pain, what, what does that involve for somebody who may never have had physical therapy? What, what are some things that somebody might uh, encounter? If you're talking about like an acute kind of musculoskeletal pain, uh, there are different methods of treatment that we may use. Of course, with a child as opposed to an adult, lots of times we may be dealing with a little bit of distress and fear as well with it. In terms of interventions, we may do some therapeutic exercise um, in general conditioning or, or graded physical activity, provided that there's not an acute injury going on there. We may also do some passive therapies, such as some manual therapy, massage modalities, and also certainly some cognitive behavioral strategies, uh, teaching the child some positive self-statements to say regarding the pain, or maybe some guided imagery and breathing. And then does a child sort of work in partnership with a physical therapist the same way an adult would? Definitely. Uh, Children develop relationships with their physical therapist, and they learn to trust us, and that's extremely important. So for parents who have kids who are dealing, say, with a chronic condition, they've maybe tried the, the prescription drug route, they've maybe, you know, tried to incentivize their child to sort of, you know, deal with the pain and it's not going away. How do you set expectations for a child in terms of um, what's going to be possible with physical therapy? We're in this sort of quick fix culture where people expect the pain to go away right away, and that's not necessarily going to happen with physical therapy. So how do you set expectations properly? No, it's not going to happen right away, but I think if you're, when you're getting into the chronic pain cycle, you're dealing with more than just like a, a tissue injury. You're dealing with a lot of the psychological coping mechanisms, perhaps even um, some behavioral and social implications of the pain. So you have to address all of those areas. And the research is actually, especially with children who have complex regional pain syndrome, the research is really looking very good, provided we're doing um, intense therapy and graded physical activity. And complex regional pain syndrome, give me a sense of what that is if somebody doesn't know. It's an example of a chronic pain situation in which what may or may not start out as a, some sort of a tissue injury, 
even after the tissue has healed, the pain has intensified and continues. So what we're finding is that there may not be a physiological cause for the pain, but the pain is real for the child with a lot of behavioral and biopsychosocial and physio some physiological components as well. In your experience, are children or adults better at articulating the, either the level of pain or, or, or discussing it, um, say, with a physical therapist? Or are they more hesitant or are they more open about it? You know, I, I would say that depends. Um, there are some children who, depending on what the outcome of their pain report may be, they may hide their pain. Uh, if they think that, you know, reporting a high level of pain may result in having to go to the doctor, they may deny being in pain. Uh, on the other hand, if they feel that reporting increased levels of pain may get them out of doing something, um, they may do that as well. There's a lot of communication um, that comes into pain, and some children will communicate pain more to somebody they feel close to, whether that be a therapist or a parent. Are there signs that parents can look for to kind of determine something not quite right with my kid? I think parents often have a gut feeling, but, but in terms of pain and deciding that their child might be in pain, are there things they should be looking out for? Children who are in pain who are not verbally expressing it to their parents may be experiencing increased fatigue because they're not sleeping well at night. They may have a loss of appetite. They may show a, a decreased interest in things that they previously enjoyed, maybe some depression. And they also may have problems with attention, especially in school. So APTA right now has a Choose PT campaign related to the opioid epidemic, and it's reminding people that they do have a choice in their care and that when it comes to management of chronic pain, they don't have to rely on uh, prescription painkillers like opioids and that physical therapy is an alternative. For a parent who thinks that their child might benefit from physical therapy, you know, where should they start? What should they do? What conversations should they have with their child's primary care physician, for example, or, or what can they do on their own? You know, a lot of our children who do have pain as as children, there's so much we can do for them, and we can kind of up, you know, change this chronic pain cycle and get them looking at their pain differently, reframing what pain may mean to them, and not developing fear of exercise and fear of movement. To what degree can the, the confidence that a child develops going through physical therapy and seeing themselves feel better, can that pay dividends later on? Oh, certainly. They develop a self-efficacy. They know that they can manage their pain, they can control it, that there's something they can do. A lot of people who have chronic pain do something that we call pain catastrophizing in that they, they get helpless. They feel like there's nothing they can do to relieve their pain um, and they, they fear their pain getting worse. So to be able to give a child uh, the tools to deal with their pain and to feel that they can make a difference and can control the pain in their life is tremendous. We mentioned opioids, and again, there are certainly situations in which prescribing opioids would be an appropriate part of care in, in proper doses. Are the guidelines for prescribing for children any different than they are for adults? The World Health Organization has come out with a set of guidelines uh, or for dealing with persistent pain in children who have medical illnesses. I would like to read a quote from them. Optimal pain management may require a comprehensive approach comprising a combination of non-opioids, analgesics, and non-pharmaceutical strategies. Um, so pretty much a comprehensive approach. What the WHO is recommending is that for kids with moderate to severe pain that we certainly do consider opioids, but that we go slowly. 
um, you know, just enough to, um, to decrease the pain. We certainly do not want children in pain, but we do not want to overprescribe either. And I can imagine being a parent listening to this and saying, okay, well, what's moderate and what's severe? It, it, I know that's hard to sort of pinpoint, but, I mean, as best, your best advice would be what? One issue with pain is that it, it's so subjective. Pain is defined by the person who's experiencing the pain. And so what's moderate and severe for one child may be different for another child. Uh, the physician will use certain pain scales that are available to them depending on the age of the child and the cognitive abilities of the child. Let's say, you know, minor pain, knee scrapes, you know, needle injections, things like that. I think of more moderate and severe pain uh, being related to post-surgical pain, uh, perhaps, you know, burns, fracture management, possibly. But if you can get away with some of your other medications rather than opioids, that's recommended. Even some post-surgical stuff, if the physician feels that the, the trauma and swelling was kind of mild and the child can get away with high doses, say, of, of NSAIDs, that is recommended. You know, I think it all comes in parent education. If the physician states, you know, here are some opioids if you need them. However, I feel like your child may not need them. And certainly doing it based on how the child is responding and giving the child some means to cope with the pain also. And given the current epidemic, if parents, if their child is prescribed with opioids, they're okay to ask as well if it's necessary, if, if the physician doesn't, for example, uh, put that on the table at the very beginning. Is that right? Certainly. Opioids are not necessarily our enemy, right? Because we, we do not want kids in pain. And um, before the 1980s, we really were under-recognizing and under-treating pain in kids. And we certainly don't want to go back to that route because uh, under-treating pain can, has its, a whole other set of ramifications that can be just as harmful as over-treating pain. Absolutely, and that's a great point. You know, let's close out with this. You mentioned, you know, parent education. Um, you know, parents obviously just don't want their kids to hurt anymore. I mean, that, that's the parents' number one goal. You know, they're trying to get in the heads of their kids and, and see, you know, how they're feeling and, and what they can do to make it feel better. As parents hear about the opioid epidemic, as they consider what you just said, that, you know, you want to make sure that children get the appropriate amount of, of pain relief, what's your advice for them in terms of how they sort of digest all this information that's out there? My closing thoughts for parents would be that you want the appropriate amount of medication and the appropriate type of medication for your child's pain. And you also want to make sure that you're addressing the pain through multiple avenues rather than just with medication. And so that's where physical therapy would come in, correct? Certainly. Uh, physical therapy in terms of exercise as well as some of our passive therapies such as our modalities, our manual therapy, biofeedback, and then, of course, some of the other strategies, the cognitive behavioral strategies such as teaching the child and the parent coping strategies. Mary Swigum, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Jason. To learn more about the opioid epidemic and the safe alternative of physical therapy, go to moveforwardpt.com slash choosept or search the ChoosePT hashtag on social media. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. 
For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.